everyone. Welcome to the Wild Gravity Travel Cast and another special, special episode. And I'll say special twice because I am joined by MK or Matt Killian Media's Matt Killian himself. Uh, first time ever on a podcast, as I understand it. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Oh, wow. Well, welcome. And I'm honored uh, that you would join me first in the conversations today. Uh, we are going to have a very special episode uh, where we talk about the results of the golden tickets. Um, the probably, I don't know, would you agree, most prestigious awards in the amusement industry? Yeah, pretty much. Um, I mean, they're definitely more prestigious than USA Today's 10 Best, where parks basically just get to lobby on social media for several weeks. Hey, vote for us, even if we're not really the best. Um, and we see how that works out in several instances. Um, so that's going to be what we're going to be talking about today. And once again, Matt, welcome. Anything you'd like to say before we get going? I'm excited to be here. Um, I've listened to the podcast since you started it, along with, um, I don't want to plug anything else, but like Ace, they just started theirs. So I've been, I'm new to the podcasting area, but I'm excited to be on with you. Oh, thank you. Um, and I, as many know, I'm very amateuristic. And as you know from listening, I, I do get on some rants here and there. And I'm sure we'll run into a few this evening. Uh, I want to remind everybody that as well as, and in Matt's case as well, um, this is just going to be opinions on what we think of where we've been and where we haven't been uh, on different things and all of that. When it comes to the Golden Tickets and beyond all the time, opinions are opinions, and uh, the amusement industry is a great thing to follow. It's fun to follow as long as you don't go down a fanboy path uh, and find yourself trapped in a my part can do no wrong uh, set of mindset mindset i guess not set of anyway uh first a little surprise we are going to talk about today's announcement we're recording this kind of later in the evening on september 12th uh 2019 uh so earlier today this morning we had an announcement uh from bush gardens tampa and SeaWorld Orlando, as well as SeaWorld San Antonio. Very ironic when you think about Busch Gardens Tampa. Busch Gardens Tampa's announcement along with SeaWorld San Antonio's announcement, whereas Busch Gardens Tampa is building on the grave of two GCI coasters, and SeaWorld San Antonio is building a new GCI coaster. So, you know, hopefully that one in San Antonio won't become an RMC anytime soon. Uh, so yeah, anything to weigh in on that, on anything, you, I don't know how much you saw today, Matt. <laughs> I, I saw it all. I think, I know, like you said, uh, the one in San Antonio, you're hoping it doesn't become an RMC. Um, I know, if I remember correctly, didn't they use, uh, PTCs on Guazi? They did, yes. And by the time that they used the actual GCI trains on Guazi, um, it was too late for the structure. For the right. track. So I, I think that's going to, since they're going to, hopefully, I'm, I'm pretty sure they will, use the GCI trains, it'll last a lot longer than Bozzy did. It also has the advantage of not being in the Florida climate, especially the Florida coastal climate um, that Tampa was in. And that was another thing that was blamed for uh, 
that's why you don't see a lot of wooden coasters in Florida. Anything you see down there is kind of smaller, a lot more tame, uh, a la fun spot type uh, white lightning and so on. So um, right. definitely, definitely be interesting. So I will ask, since you've seen it all and you've done, let's call, I guess a lot of people are going to call it its little brother now. You've done Steel Vengeance. Right. What is your first take on Iron Gwazi versus Steel Vengeance, if you can even do that? And I hate to say versus because people love to do that. Um, where do you see? Do you see Iron Gwazi being better than Steel Vengeance? Uh, I would say, I mean, it's hard to tell because, I mean, we didn't, did we get a POV of it at all? No. I mean, we got, no, little, yeah, we got little snippets of it, but I mean, it's hard to, I mean, it's hard to tell. I mean, yeah, it's going to have the height, the bigger height, the more steeper drop, the, it'll be taller and faster than Steel Vengeance, but I mean, all we know is a couple stats and a concept. We don't right. know anything, we don't know anything else. Exactly. I will say I do like the purple track. I like the uh, purple track. I don't know about the name. <laughs> yeah, it seems like they, you know, RMC, it almost is, I'm almost st starting to wonder if RMC actually helps the parks name the coasters. Because we have a lot of Twisteds. We right. have a, now we have, this is our second iron. I mean... Who is doing this? <laughs> and it's across all of the chains. It's not even like, oh, that's just Six Flags doing Six Flags. No. We've got, you know, Twisted Timbers and then Twisted Cyclone, right? And then, right. oh, I'm just, yeah. I, I, the name, I don't know. Um, I will say this as far as everything's concerned. And you've heard me talk about this a few times, probably listening to the episode or just hanging out. Um Florida fanboys are the worst. <laughs> and uh, they are already all over this hype train. And their favorite thing to say, I mean, in literally 12 hours of this coaster being announced, their favorite thing to say is this is going to A, be the best coaster in the world, and B, blow Steel Vengeance out of the water. Those are the two most biggest things I see across Twitter and Facebook right now. And I have to point out some of the stat lines here. It is only one foot taller than Steel Vengeance. It is only two miles per hour faster than Steel Vengeance. It is only one degree steeper than Steel Vengeance. And Steel Vengeance has one more inversion than Iron Gwazi. And almost 1,700 feet of track more than Iron Gwazi. Now, when I give you all of those, what stands out the most? I'd, uh, probably just the, I mean, you said it was, what, one mile per hour faster and two degrees steeper? One degree steeper and two miles per hour faster, one foot taller. But the length for Steel Vengeance is longer. Is a lot longer. So you've got that longer ride. Now they have the advantage of being building on the grave of uh, Main Streak. Right. So I, I don't know. I just. I, I don't I don't know. And you know, we've learned in the past bigger and faster isn't always better. But in Steel Vengeance's case. It's I think that lives up to what it said. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, Steel Vengeance does, definitely does. And that's 
that's what I'm saying too. Is like to me, Steel Vengeance is, and we're gonna get to this. Uh, Steel Vengeance is still the best coaster in the world to me. Um, yeah. So, all right. Well, let's uh, let's take an early quick break. And we're going to come back and we're going to run through all of these wonderful categories. Oh my gosh, there's a lot of categories, huh? Of the golden tickets. So we will be right back after this. All right, everybody, welcome back. I am once again joined by Matt Killian. And uh, I will give a quick shout out. I did a. Um, pronounce your name wrong in a podcast and you gave me some <laughs> some uh flack for it so i apologize for that i don't know why i was uh thinking that direction but i don't think i don't think you've ever heard someone call me by my last name that that was probably it honestly killoin <laughs> hey i gave you a, i gave you a promotion before you ever came on the show so well see. i thank you yeah all right so here we are with golden tickets. Let's start with the easy stuff, the, the individual awards before we get into the top wood and the top steel. Ooh, bet oh, you no. can't wait for that discussion, huh? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we'll run through some of the easy ones. Uh, the best innovation of 2019 went to Canada's Wonderland. I have not been up there since that, uh, since... Um, um, Yukon Striker opened, but their innovation, of course, was what we saw in the media day. At least that was the first time I saw a picture of it. The uh, the loose article bins that go over the station. So that's pretty cool. Good for them. Um, best new water park ride of 2019 was Cutback Water Coaster at Water Country USA, Williamsburg, Virginia. I know nothing of that other than that they were getting a water coaster. So I guess, yay. <laughs> um. Best, this is where things will get interesting here. Best new family attraction of 2019 went to the Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run. Uh, and it says at Disneyland California, obviously, because at that time voters were voting. That was the only one open. Uh, but, of course, the same exact ride does exist at Disney's Hollywood Studios now. So that's the best new family attraction. Now, then we go to the best new attraction installation for 2019 and Hagrid's won that now for those of you who don't follow the show follow the industry a lot Hagrid's is a roller coaster so Hagrid's has won the best new attraction for 2019 you keeping up here Matt are you with me oh I'm with you I'm okay. going through I'm going through the, the all post right. about it all too yeah so now the best new coaster though Went to the Steel Curtain at Kennywood. Shout out to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, in At Kennywood, in, just outside of Pittsburgh. So now, here's my question. How does a roller coaster win the best new attraction, but not the best new roller coaster? And my bigger question for you, Matt, because you have been down there and been on it, I believe... How did Copperhead Strike get snubbed? Or do you feel that it got snubbed? Uh, honestly, I mean, in my opinion, I think 
with Hagrid's winning uh, Best New Attraction, with that category, you could possibly put Copyright in there. I don't. I couldn't see why it got snubbed, honestly. Okay. I mean, I mean, yeah, Copperhead is a good ride. I mean, would but you have put it? Would you have put it ahead of what you've seen from Hagrid's and Steel Curtain, with the full disclosure that you haven't been on either of those? Uh, Could you? Would you put it ahead of just on paper seeing things? I I I think like if I was if I was to do it, probably like based on like height, speed, and versions. You like number one would be, um, this is going to get uh, problematic quick. Uh, number one with height, speed, and versions would be Steel Curtain. Second, yeah. second, due to theming and with everything that Universal's done with Hagrid's, and then number third, number three would be Copperhead. Because, I mean, if you think about it. And I granted I've wrote it, and they have their shed, quote unquote shed. There's not the queues done pretty good with theming. The station, the roll, the JoJo roll out of the station and into the barn has some theming, but that's all the theming you have. With Hagrid's, you have theming basically, yeah, throughout. So I I I could see why. Okay. yeah, so steel steel curtain one, Hagrid's two, and then I could put um, copyright at three. Fair enough. Um, so let me go into something before we go too far into the other rides and uh, or other awards rather. Uh, it's a quick little soliloquy story, and you can interrupt me if you have questions on this. So hear me out here. We have the voting public, and you're going to hear me go back to this. Uh, we have the voting public spread out across several regions of the U.S. and otherwise, other places as well. Um, and the voting public is chosen by the editors of Amusement Today, as fairly noted. Um, has having ridden so many coasters, been to so many parks, basically you have to have been around a- enough to say, hey, I've been to enough places to know what's good or what I like best. You know, Whereas if you've only ridden 50 coasters, you're not really quite qualified because, let's be honest, you could live in this region that we live in here near Cincinnati, Dayton area, and you could be, you're within 50 coasters within, you're probably within a three hour drive of 50 coasters, if not more. So, um, you know, they base that on that. Uh, but a lot of that happens too because you have the enthusiast community voting. And the enthusiast community, you'll notice the awards sometimes, if you watch year to year, will fluctuate with where the amusement community was, whether it be for an Ace Coaster Con or whether they were invited to a media event, or whether they were ghosted by a park um, before a media event happened. Oh, I wonder Uh, who that could be. uh, I mean, there was a whole episode, I think I went on for about 10 minutes on another episode about a media person, you know, that would send all these sites, including ours, uh, press releases for Copperhead Strike over and over and over again. And I'm not saying it's not a great coaster, but... When it came time to have a media event, it was like three sites, a bunch of media, and nothing else. Yeah. And spoiler alert, that's probably what's going to happen here in Cincinnati next year. I, I I see the writing on the wall already. There will be some people from the nation, and that will probably be about it outside of the news media. I mean, it, you know, it, it, sometimes it doesn't surprise me, honestly. 
Not at all. So, I mean, you have to look at it from that theory standpoint. I mean, Hagrid's is going to win a lot because it's universal and universal. I mean, and they did a great job with it. I, I, I've never seen a Harry Potter movie in full disclosure, and I love all the Harry Potter attractions that they've put into uh, both Hogsmeade and uh, uh, Diagon Alley. So, uh, having seen those open while living down there as well, you know, I was like, what? Why is people so hyped for this? I get it, it's Harry Potter, but why? You know, and they started the immersive trend of things. So, I mean, good for them there. Now, when you look at Steel Curtain, though, they had several media events. They had Ace out a couple times. They ha they've had, you know, I just look at that as kind of being an influence, like more of if you roll out the carpet, you get the votes sometimes, not always. Right. Um, so, and we'll get back to some of those controversial because I have one hot, hotter than hot take coming up that people don't like to hear. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, you, you got it. Um, so we're going to go through some of these quick because, I mean... Yeah. Uh, Best Dark Ride has moved to Shanghai Disney for Pirates of the Caribbean Battle for Sunken Treasure. Have you ever seen a video of that ride? No. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Brian... I, didn't even, I didn't even know it came out. Oh. I didn't even know about it until yeah. the Golden Ticket came out. <laughs> it's a great ride. It actually opened with Shanghai Disneyland. Uh, it's as good as the Tron coaster that's there, and it's hmm. not a roller coaster. Um Check out, uh, I forget which one it is. I will try to find out from him. Uh, Mr. Brian Orlando, that's always on, that comes on the show, has been on the show a few times now. He has Shanghai video, and there is one video. It's pretty much devoted to doing pirates, the area around the pirates' ride that they built so well. Um, so definitely, I mean, I would suggest checking that out. Uh, best water ride, we have Valhalla at Blackpool Pleasure Beach. Sure. I, I know nothing about that, so cool. Um, best new show of 2019, Ruben's Swashbuckling Adventure. Brent and I didn't get a chance to see that when we were at Silver Dollar City, but um, I wouldn't doubt it. It was a great park. So, uh, Best food of 2019. That one kind of weirds me out, but again, uh, some enthusiasts will roast me at the stake for this one. I've never been to Knoebels. And that's I, have, I haven't either. Um, that's what won Best Food. I could think of several parks to win Best Food. Silver Dollar City, Dollywood definitely being a top two for me. Um, I would give it to Holiday World, but Holiday World's, like, food court there at the entrance of the park is just very disappointing. Um, but the rest of the park's food is very good, so. Um, Best Christmas Event of 2019. Uh, once again, Smoky Mountain Christmas at Dollywood. I think I say this in both written posts and podcast interviews when I've been on other shows. I say this every year. If you're listening to this podcast and you're in Florida and you think Disney does Christmas best, you're wrong. You're just flat wrong. And then again, that's my opinion, but you're wrong. <laughs> um, Dollywood does Christmas probably the best that I've seen in a park. I mean, they the lights, the atmosphere of being in the mountains. Um, have you ever been to a Dollywood Christmas? No, the only time that I've ever been to Dollywood is in March when they open. Oh, okay. I thought you had been before. Okay. I didn't know about Christmas, but I thought. Um, yes. So make make it make it a priority. Like get down there for Christmas. Like yeah. I can I can try this year with a start a new job and hopefully not that busy around that time of the year. Maybe I could slip a oh, couple yeah. days off. Yeah. Jam down there with us. We usually 
um, Brent and I try to get down there for a weekend uh, in early December before the weather decides it's going to, you know, do weather things. <laughs> um, <laughs> weather, weather things is keeping it lightly. Yeah, especially for what they're saying now. Um, so moving back through, we got Most Beautiful Park, as expected. Bush Gardens Williamsburg, best Halloween event of 2019, uh, or 2018, rather. I'm reading these wrong, 2018, yeah, because um, it's previous year for those events. Uh, best Halloween event of 2018, Halloween Horror Nights at Universal Orlando. Uh, I've been to Knott's Scary Farm one time, and I actually liked it a lot more than Horror Nights. Horror Nights is very, very good, and it's supposed to be good this year. Uh, little plug, we will, I will be at Halloween Horror Nights a week from this coming Sunday. Um, and I am literally just going for Ghostbusters, but of course there's a video game scare zone, so I'm all into that. Um, there's also def- the Rob Zombie. Yeah, 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 what, House of a Thousand was, Corpses. Wasn't, wasn't there a scare zone too? Yes. It's, Hell, it's a com- Hellbelly it's, Deluxe. Yeah, it's, it's a combo zone. Universal does want tries to do one of those every year where there's a scare zone that leads into a house. Uh, so you can walk if you walk the right direction, you can walk through the scare zone and kind of set up the story and then you go into the house, you know, if you don't run into like a three hour long line for the house, because that's basically what you do at Horror Nights is you either wait in line or pay one hundred and fifty dollars to cut to cut the line. I've um, never I've never been to Halloween Horror Nights, so I wouldn't know. Uh, yeah, it gets crowded, but it's a lot of fun. Um I liked living down there and having the pass to it, obviously, because when you have the pass, you can go for the first couple hours every every evening before the houses get huge lines. And then when everything starts to get crowded, you can peace out. Yeah. You know, and then just say, well, we didn't get to do this. Come back the next time. Um, but Horror Nights, not Scary Farm, I would assume came in second, as they always do. Both very stellar Halloween events. Uh, um, they put these regional Midwest haunts to shame. Uh, and that's because they have the money and the effort put into to them and, you know, the ability to do the capital to do that type of thing. Um, I like this. This is a new category for the Golden Tickets this year. The Breakout Family Entertainment Center of 2019. And the reason I like this is because it, it recognizes the little guy, the little, little guy that's coming along. And more and more, we see these FECs starting to build coasters in them. Uh, you know, whether it be the little SBF visas, but a coaster is a coaster. Um, I'll take a credit in my backyard any day. Uh, so I'm glad they're recognizing the family entertainment centers. I have never been to CJ Barrymore's in Clinton, Michigan, but shout out to them for winning. Uh, if you're ever in the Cincinnati area, I can highly recommend Scene 75 or even the Columbus area. Uh, they're actually building one in Dublin that has an SBF visa inside. So the date, that- Dayton one's still closed, as yeah, far as I know. From the tornadoes, that's I haven't heard anything about them opening. So, yeah, I forgot about that. They have a one, had one, will have. They, I know they they had. Um, I, I saw it on another site. They uh, they had just opened up a um, little kitty drop tower. Mm, yeah, yeah, I did see that they had bought a Moser. And I, I think so, I think someone said they had probably five more rides that they were going to install, and then. Um, I think they were waiting on one from overseas, but since that tornado came through up here and what was it Memorial Day weekend? Yeah. And I, I, I mean, I don't know how they're, cause it, it went right through that area. I don't know how they're going to, I don't, I haven't heard anything about the progress that they've done with reopening that place or anything, but I would, 
um, I I would recommend um, C seventy five. Is the breakout uh, family entertainment center like new for this year? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, that's I, what I was saying. I'm glad they've added that category. So I I can I mean didn't C seventy five win a award at IAPA? Like, they did. A, yeah. Okay, they, I, they they want they constantly win like best FEC best FEC innovations. I I could see them in a couple years maybe win that award honestly because i mean they're open they've got one in pittsburgh they've got one in cleveland they've got yeah. one in dayton they've got one in cincinnati and then they're opening one in columbus so yep so um we saw the categories change with golden tickets this year as well um we used to have three category well two categories i believe might have been three we used to have three categories or two categories uh, individualized, we had cleanest park, we had uh, friendliest staff, and I don't know if we had an award for most efficient operations or not, but we now have this one award that when you vote for it, they want you to encompass those three things, most efficient, friendliest staff, and cleanest park. Now, the problem I had when I was voting for this uh, is I can get two of those in many, many parks, but it's very hard to find all three. You can find the most efficient and the cleanest park at Cedar Point, but uh, you know you don't find the friendliest of staff all the time. You can find the friendliest staff in the cleanest, one of the cleanest parks at Dollywood, but you don't find the most efficient operations. Um, so this was a hard one, but Dollywood did win. Uh, I believe that I voted for Silver Dollar City because when we were there, they were actually operating their rides pretty efficiently. Like, I didn't know that kind that level of efficiency could exist in a Hurston Family Entertainment Park. So, um, we're was gonna... it under was it under the best guest experience? Yes, yeah, that's best okay. guest experience. Yeah, that's the new thing that they put it all together, and I'm not a huge fan of that putting it all together because I think that you can have the cleanest park, but not the, you know, friendliest park, or you can have the most efficient operations, uh, which I still think is Cedar Point's probably the winner on that one, um, but you don't have the best staff, obviously. Um, See, I, I don't, I don't want to say, like, I don't know what, like, you've, you've gone to, you said Silver Dollar City, like, in the summertime. Mm-hmm. And so, like I've been the one time we went to Silver Dollar City last year, it was March. When I go when I went to Dollywood in 2017, and this year it was March, and it was opening weekend. So all the rides are, I mean, everyone's still getting trained, everything, and they're right. just like, so I don't know. There's so I don't know what efficient. I, right. I don't mean I don't I don't mean to be dogging on them or anything, but I don't know what efficient there looks like. Yeah, that's understandable. And I think that's another part of it, too, is like when you look at some of these things, it's a lot of perspective. And it's like, you know, when do you go? Like Cedar Point opening weekend, we know. Cedar Point opening weekend, you don't, I mean, I remember when Cedar Point opening weekend was so much fun. It was so great. Everything was awesome. And now it's like they barely have staff to run anything. And the staff that is running things is still trying to figure out how to turn the fryer on (laughs) so you can get some french fries. So, I mean... Uh, yeah, so that's, that's different. 
Uh, let's keep moving pretty quick so we can get to some of the better talking points. Uh, best water park ride, once again, Wildebeest. Uh, best wildlife marine park, SeaWorld Orlando. Best family park of 2019, Dutch Wonderland in Lancaster, PA. Um, best water park, the newly Cedar Fair-owned Schlitterbahn in New Brussels. That's that, that adds another golden ticket for Cedar Fair to market with. Yep. Uh, and best amusement park, once again, going to Europa Park. Now, I grew up in the generation where Cedar Point won that golden ticket nonstop. And I think that we see Europa Park winning it now because they actually are better. I've seen enough videos to say that they could legitimately be better. I mean, now, for those who don't know, this is literally the park owned by uh, Ride Builder Mac or Mock. Mock. So, uh, you know, they have basically at their disposal anything they create ready to throw into their park. Um, and they've got a lovely layout of the park. I, I really hope I can get there someday. Um, so I want to go back to uh, one big, I don't know if we call it an upset, uh, best kids area. Oh, no. Yeah. So for how many years have we heard Kings Island brag about having the best kids area? Too, too long. I could find it. I could find it real quick. Oh, no, you don't have to find it. It's at least 12, 15 years. I don't know. Anyways, uh, for the first time in how many years, uh, Kings Island is not the best kids area as chosen by the voters. Uh, Dollywood is, and I would assume that Wildwood Grove has made a lasting impact. Um... And I'm really excited to see that Wildwood Grove is getting some quick early recognition because they did put a lot of work into that. Uh, phase 2, that, that gives me hope that they're not going to give up on Phase 2 back there, which they're already moving dirt for. Probably not for something to be added until 2021. Uh, but uh, that's, yeah, that's good hope. And I will honestly say, I didn't think Kings Island had the best kids area when they were winning it. I mean, I, I don't want to say biased because I worked in the kids' area, but... <laughs> and for, for the record, it, um, it's one of the best kids' areas from 2001 to 18, so 17 years. Wow, yeah. See, and I think that's almost like a Stockholm voter syndrome. They're just people that vote are just like, yeah, it wins it, whatever, I'll vote. Well, to, to be fair, I mean... I th of, all, like, of all the parks that I've been to... This, except for like Cedar Point, which has what three kids areas. Yeah. It, it, other than like Cedar Point and um, Disney, I did not get to do um, Wildwood Grove because it was it was still under construction when we went to Dollywood. I think the reason why Planet Snoopy Kings Island won best kids area for seventeen years, I think it's out of all the parks that I've been to, it's one of the largest ones. I mean, if, I mean, if you look at it from a top, it's not, it doesn't look that big, but I mean, there's a lot of different attractions you can do. Oh, I agree. I agree. I found myself saying, and it's a little different because it's kind of in a loop and it's in the corner. I think I liked it because it was kind of well hidden away from the rest of the park. So you didn't have to walk through it. Um, if you didn't want to, um, Canada's Wonderland has a really, really great kids area. 
Um, and it's kind of hidden down in the corner, and it's like this little loop, and it's got basically all the rides that Kings Island has. So I don't, don't they know. still don't they still have like the Rainbow Arch? Yes. Oh, I mean, I wish they would. They would have. I saw. I remember seeing that pictures from Kings Island how they had it, the Happy mm-hmm. Land, Happy Land of Hanna Barbera. Yep. Yep. They still have the Rainbow Arch, and they just put the Planet Snoopy logo on it, which is really cool. Um. Yeah. Now I I will I will say I think um, mainly why Wildwood Grove won it is because I think it's I mean correct me if I'm wrong it's the first like brand new kids area in what like maybe five years yeah and that's uh, full full on brand new kids area not right. just a, not just a reimagining where we add a few rides and move things around like Carowinds did or like Michigan's Adventure is doing next year. This right. is full on. We cleared land, made a ramp to get up the hill, and bought new rides. Like they went shopping at Zamperla. They went. They went to Larson and bought some flying scooters. You know. But they do went they snap? Out. Huh? Do they snap? They do. They do. They do. Okay. <laughs> I wouldn't know that from personally doing it. But I... I've been told by the experts. <laughs> I, I can't I can't make the ones that like Kings Island, Cedar Point, Michigan's Adventure. I can't make them snap. I can make the one at Carowinds snap perfectly fine. Now, in full disclosure, I'm not good at snapping, but I've been told I've learned at least what to look for to make them easier to snap. Let's right. say that. Um, so that is that. Well, let me scroll through and make sure I didn't skip anything except for the two that you know I want to talk about the most. Uh, Our, missed, I think you missed one. What did I miss? The Renaissance. 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 Oh, the, uh, the uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so the, yeah, the Publisher Awards. Ah, those are at the bottom. So we have the Publisher Awards uh, is personally chosen by Gary Slade. This is something that us voters do not get to vote for. Uh, publisher and editor-in-chief of Amusement Today. The Publisher Pick Awards, basically, um, a little spoiler alert, the Publisher Awards, they're the host park of the award will always win a Publisher Award that year. That's why they go there. Um, so Park of the Year, as chosen by Gary Slade, was Maury's Piers in Wildwood, New Jersey, for celebrating 50 years of innovation and creative success and for taking the the lead in bringing big rides to vacationing families along the Jersey Shore. So, good for them, Maurice Pierce. The Renaissance Award, which I know is what you mentioned, and I know why you wanted to mention the Renaissance Award. Uh, Kings Island has won the Renaissance Award this year. Uh, for respecting its roots and being committed to guest experience as evidenced in the installation of Kings Mills Antique Autos and a makeover of Historical Park's attractions and aspects. Uh, right there, I really wish they would have just flat out said that, you know, Kings Island did a good job of, A, restoring the glockenspiel, and B, making International Street look the best it's been since Taft was forced to sell to Paramount. Ooh. <laughs> yep, I said it. <laughs> I, 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 I'll add on to that. I think there's a third option, too, or a third reason why. If you, if you remember when they announced Mystic, they also made another announcement on something else that was coming back. Winterfest. Okay. Oh, right. Yep. Winterfest, and, too. That's and, good. I, 
and they've listened to what the guests, not the enthusiasts, the guests wanted wanted to happen at the park. And the three things that, along with enthusiasts, but the general public were saying was they wanted Winterfest back. Yep. They they wanted the antique cars back, and they wanted that three hundred foot roller coaster. Which that was more from the enthusiasts. So well, but <laughs> I think everybody wanted it. But yeah, I, I agree. Um, but wait, Matt. I mean, oh, oh no. <laughs> I have a question because you're more in tune with these Kings Island people than me, and you've heard me now. See now here, you you opened the pipeline. We're going down the fanboy trail. Oh no. So you're gonna tell me that. Kings Island surveying and listening to guest responses was they listened to the actual guests, not not someone with a with zero subscribers on Patreon and thousands of Facebook likes. You're telling me that 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 page isn't what caused Kings Island to bring antique cars and Winterfest back. No. Wow. Holy crap. You're making it sound like. Wow. (laughs) I just I don't even you got to remember how many years that they prop these the guests have been like oh yeah i mean it's been... pass holders have been coming like for years i mean like girl like where's where's the where's the antique cars maybe maybe they should bring them back i mean i mean i remember i think paramount tried to do a winter fest and it failed completely they did before the cedar fair bottom and but i like i like how uh not to go off topic but i like how Cedar Fair started small with Winterfest. They went to like California's Great America. They did it out there. Then they expanded out wet, out east with Carowinds, King's Dominion, Worlds of, and Fun. Worlds of Fun in Kings Island. I'm interested to see how Canada's Wonderland does it. Yeah. Because if Canada's Wonderland does it, we all know what's going to happen after that. It's no. going to move. It's, no. it's not. No. Never. You don't, th- you don't think it'll happen? Nope. And you can make me eat my words. You can come right back on this podcast. And tell me I was wrong a hundred times if you want. Cedar Point will never have Winterfest. Never. Okay. Lake Effect Snow. Oh, good point. Good point. I forgot. I, I keep wind forgetting chills. up there. And the fact that they have to winterize. This is something you learn from working there, like, just past the end of the season. They have to winterize the bathrooms because the pipes are old. So they would have to literally start right now renovating bits and pieces of that park in underground to be able to handle winter. Well, I learn stuff new every day. There you go. That's that's what I'm here for. So, yeah, I as much as I would love to see Winterfest at Cedar Point, let's let global warming do its job a few more decades and then we can talk about it. That's there, fair I, enough. There I went political for you. Oh, no. <laughs> um... See, we learned so much. I didn't even realize. I thought uh, I thought a website was supposed to entertain us, and uh, uh, you know, they were the reason. You know, heard it there first. So, um, uh, the Turnstile Award went to Silverwood uh, for its imagination through magic of storytelling and charm, which has resulted in bringing people through the gates and providing a lifetime of memories. Um, basically, they just got an award for being a park for so long. And Silverwood is a great theme park. It's very, very out there uh, for travelers and stuff. I mean, to get there, the easiest way to get there is to fly into Spokane, Washington, and then drive across into Idaho. Um, but it's a fun little park. I've actually had the pleasure of being there 
sort of by accident, I ended up in the area, and then I realized, you know, I was visiting a friend who had moved up to Spokane, and I was like, can we go over to this park? Let's just check it out. It's a fun little park. Um, and they only have, what, the one of the, like, what, three built... Um... Yes. Giant inverted Vacoma boomerangs. Yep, the the vertical boomerang, yeah, things of, yeah. Yeah, they have Atlanta's, I believe. Six Flags over Georgia's. Old. It might be. I don't, I don't, I don't, all I know is Goliath One was scrapped, one was scrapped, and two were moved. One got sold out of the company, the other still exists within the company, but not, I think it exists at La Ronde or something, I don't know. That's another episode. No, I think I think the other one's overseas. Ah, because okay. it's I think it's painted um, orange and blue. Well, uh, and uh, I will say, um, uh, what was it? Wait, Silverwood. Silverwood has a couple nice wooden coasters as well, and they have Knotts. They have Knotts Berry Farms old steel coaster. Coaster. Yep. So, uh, fun little. Fun facts there. All right. Well, we've been rambling a bit, so I'll go through it pretty quickly. The, the top wood, I mean, this is perspective and how you want to rate your wood coasters. Uh, we have Phoenix at number one again. Now, Phoenix had won it for several years. Then it got knocked off by Voyage, El Toro, other coasters at the time. And then it kind of came back to number one. And I hate when coasters do this on the top list beca because... It hasn't been refurbished. It hasn't been redone. It's just the way the voters, the voting population has changed again. Um, so let's just say with the wood that there's a pretty good list there. It's a who's who of good wooden coasters. I um, mean, you have Phoenix, Voyage, El Toro, Boulder Dash, Beast, Ghost Rider, Lightning Rod, Outlaw Run, Ravine Flyer 2, Mystic Timbers, Thunderhead, Gold Striker, Balder, Lightning Racer, highly recommend Lightning Racer. Uh, Shivering Timbers, Wildfire, Giant Dipper, Thunderbolt, Comet, and Jackrabbit. That rounds out the 20. Um, so again, uh, who's who of coasters there? Anything you want to say there, Matt, before we move on to the if final I, rantings of the evening? If, if I could switch around the top 10, and it's, it's with my personal top 10 too. Uh, granted, I have not rode half the rides on the list i personally i would put lightning rod over voyage i don't like when i wrote wow. voyage when when i wrote now hear me out on this when i wrote voyage in 2016 i thought it was amazing i still like beast more okay but that was only because like i hadn't written that many wooden roller coasters and all that but when i went to dollywood in 2017 we rode lightning rod i thought it was amazing that was my number one I put that and then Voyage. I went back in 2017. I went back in 2018. I rode Voyage. I I know they've retracted. it. There was just a couple spots. I don't know if it's the PTC trains or what, but I found it rough in some spots. I, I know I'm going to get blasted or something somewhere <laughs> for, this, for saying this. I, I mean, I enjoyed Voyage. I didn't think it was... I mean, I still rank it in my top five, but I don't think it's that good. Okay, that's but fair. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised to see uh, like Beast at five, and I'm surprised to see Mystic at ten. Honestly, yeah, I, I've, I've, like, I've never, I've, I'm gonna be honest, I've never looked in depth. I've all, all I've seen is like 
Fury winning the top steal, all this. For right. The, oh, for, yeah. since, uh, since a lot of them open, all I've seen is the winners. I've never seen... I've never seen like the top ten, so I'm I'm surprised to see because I'm looking at it right now too. I'm surprised to see two rides from Kings Island up there. Right. I'm not biased. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying that right now. I'm not biased uh... just because just because I work both of them. I'm not biased. Okay. Um. So let me see if I can find it. Nope, I can't find it. <laughs> um, ah, here we go. Nope, I only made it for the steel. We'll go through the steel in a minute. Okay. Um, from what I remember of how I vote with the wood coasters, really quick, I'll go through it. I had kind of a changed mindset and you know i am and the one one of the few times i will admit i am a fanboy i am a beast night ride fanboy i will say it i don't doubt it i am now a voyage night ride fanboy now see that right there that's 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 where i haven't like i haven't been to hollywood nights i have not rode voyage at night that okay. might that might be what why, you're missing. Yes, that might be why Voyage is higher. Because I've never rode it in the, at night. Every time that I've gone, it's always been like May or July. And it's usually we drive out there, get all the credits, get the footage, enjoy the park while we can, and then head the three to four hours back home. Okay, yeah. So that's, yeah. Um... So I, for the first time ever, I moved Voyage to number one on my list, above the Beast. Oh no! Yeah, that that <laughs> that that hurt. Um, you can go ahead and go with my other hot take that Lightning Rod isn't a true wooden coaster, so I moved uh -huh. that down my list. Um, Boulder Dash, I find to be very overrated. Have never been on it. Phoenix again, never been to Knobles, so don't know. Um. El Toro, another one I feel like has been overrated, but I haven't been on it, so I can't say anything. Ghost Rider, I feel like almost needs to be a little higher. And again, Lightning Racer sitting at 14 is an abomination by these voters, in my opinion. Lightning Racer is the best dueling coaster in the world. Since Gwazi? No. It, it's always been better than Gwazi. I'll take your word on it. I have I never got to ride Gwazi, and I have yet to be out to Hershey Park, so I'll take your word for it. Okay. Um, the only, I would say, with everything that you like or have seen about Dueling Dragons, rest in peace, Dueling Dragons, uh, and their dueling years, and that's why I said Dueling Dragons, not Dragon Challenge, um, Lightning Racer is the wooden version of Dueling Dragons. It's two GCIs with fan turns, bunny hills, and stuff. It literally, like, one train goes up and the other train goes under it. And then it does vice versa in, like, split seconds. So, Lightning Racer for sure. Um, Thunderhead, I think, at this point is getting honorable mentions because it's getting rougher and rougher by the year. I'm glad to finally see Mystic Timbers above Thunderhead on this list because Mystic Timbers is definitely a better coaster than Thunderhead. Um, 
So and Thund- Outlaw, Thunderhead, Outlaw Thunderhead Run. might. I'm sorry, but Thunderhead might be getting up there because didn't they they retract a lot of it this off season? They did, and they've been working on it through the season. They're supposed to be finished with the project next by next season. So um, they're saying that if it's going to feel better, it will be mid May of next year. So we will have that's, to. Wait that's that's in my honest opinion. I didn't get to ride. I didn't ride Thunderhead when we were down there, mainly because like. Uh, and I do the same thing at like Cedar Point and since Kings Island's my home park. If I have the credit and it's a long line, I'm not waiting in the line. I will go around and take pictures and everything. And you right. you've seen you've seen this at like Cedar Point and everything, but I like I can't I can't speak from experience because I didn't get to ride it. Right. I didn't, I didn't well, I shouldn't say I didn't get to. I didn't choose to ride it when we were <laughs> down there opening weekend. All right. Let's move to the steel coasters. Oh, this is going to be juicy. Let's just, uh, well, let's do, uh, let's do a, uh, let me see. Hold on. Let's see. Where do I want to go? All right. Let's start at, I'm going to start at 18 for funsies. Can I be millennial and say funsies? Funsies. (laughs) Um, so number 18, Magnum XL 200. Very, very, very underrated. I feel like that should be higher. But we're not going to I knew why you started at 18 now. As soon <laughs> as I scroll as soon as I scroll down and saw it it's like, "Oh, that's why you started." Um, and we'll get to this. I have my own I keep my own top 10 list of steel coasters and it fluctuated this year. For the first time in well, for the first time since last year, it fluctuated, but it fluctuated greatly compared to the way it fluctuated last year. Last year, I think it. the only reason it fluctuated is because Steel Vengeance went at number one. So, uh, spoiler alert. Um, so we have Magnum XL 200, Terran at Fantasialand, Nemesis at Alton Towers. I've heard nothing but good things about that invert. Um, Mako at SeaWorld Orlando, definitely a good hypercoaster. But here comes our first problem in the top 15, Matt. And what is it? Mako is under Diamondback. No. Just no. Mako is a far superior hypercoaster, in my opinion. Which you're not the only one that says that. Um, I call Mako a miniature Millennium Force. That I've been saying that since riding it during Soft Open. It's like Millennium Force. If it's like Millennium Force, if it was a hypercoaster. So that's how I feel about Mako. Maverick is at number thirteen. Sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Phantom's True. Revenge is number 12. I mean, I I honestly don't know how I feel about Maverick. There are some days I'm like, oh, Maverick's really fun, and other days I'm like, eh, it's Maverick. I, I will say I, it's gotten better since they put the Vest restraints on. Yes. In my, yeah. in my opinion, I mean, I only wrote it once with the clam sh- like, I don't want to say clamshell, but the hard restraints. But, I, I mean, I love it with the soft, with the Vest now. So we have Phantom's Revenge, number 12, at Kennywood. Intimidator 305 uh, at King's Dominion at number 11. Nitro, Six Flags Great Adventure. Uh, that one's actually a fair one. That's a pretty underrated hypercoaster. It's an old-school, original-style hypercoaster. It doesn't get as much love as it should. Uh, Leviathan, number 9. Very low, in my opinion. Um, well, not very low, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know what my opinion is there. 
<laughs> Apollo's Chariot, Busch Gardens, Williamsburg. That one feels like a charity case to me. It feels like, oh, hey, it was the first B&M hypercoaster. Let's give it some votes. And that's why it's number eight. Iron Rattler, Six Flags Fiesta, Texas. I have no opinion. Have not been on it. Twisted Colossus, Six Flags Magic Mountain. Yeah, that's fairly warranted. If you can ride Twisted, Twisted Colossus, the RMC. Um, uh, when it's dueling? Yes, thank you. When it's in dueling mode, uh, you will see why people rate it so highly. It it ranks close to like Steel Vengeance for me if it's dueling and it's running really nicely. Unfortunately, it's at a Six Flags Park, so don't expect that to last much longer. I don't, I don't think it's dueled since what? It opened in 2015? Uh, it duels randomly now. Like we had three rides the last time we were at that park a few years ago, and one time it dueled. <laughs> so, and they make it duel. Supposedly they make it duel when Ace has an event there. So, which I, I feel I feel like they would have to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Expedition G Force at Holiday Park. In Hasluck, Germany. Um, I hear great things about this Intamin. It came out a year after Millennium Force. Uh, it was very underrated because of its location. Um, but I still, uh, knowing some friends who were just over there on the coaster crew trip, uh, they all loved it and said that it ranks just as good as Millennium Force for them. So I don't, I don't doubt it. Number four, Superman the Ride, Six Flags New England. We've been going through this for years with this coaster fighting Millennium Force for the top spot before Fury came along. Um, I never found that one to be that great. Uh, I don't know what the people saw in that, but I know it created a lot of fanboys, even one that currently works for USA Today, um, who constantly hates on Cedar Fair Parks and loves Six Flags and will only give you attention if you give him the exclusive. Side little rant there. <laughs> I know you're learning so much, Matt. Oh, well, sometimes I learn too much. <laughs> and then we come to the top three. Oh, no. And the disappointing public that we have in the roller coaster community. Oh, no. <laughs> Number three Steel Vengeance. Number two Millennium Force. And number one. The most overrated coaster in the world, Fury 325. Now, here we go. I'm going to say this, and I know we've been rambling on, mostly me, for a while now, so I want to get this wrapped up. But I do find Fury overrated. I say this on multiple occasions. It's probably not even a hot take coming from me anymore because everybody's heard me say it at least half a dozen times. That is not to say that I don't vote for Fury, which I don't. In my top 10, I don't vote for Fury. If they gave me a top 25, I would vote for Fury. Fury does not rank in my top 10, and we'll get to that. Um, I find it to just be very overrated. I, I think it's a great coaster. I think it's wonderful addition to Carowinds, obviously. Um, and there's many people that like it. And again, that's their opinion. That's their choice. Uh, the ones that don't go online publicly shaming the other coasters because they're by a certain manufacturer. I find that to be very petty to say that Intamin can't build a good coaster because um, clearly they have on several occasions. Um, B&M wouldn't even be going to the Giga level if Intamin hadn't pushed them there. Let's at least admit that. Um, so here's the thing. When we talk about the top three, um, actually first, Matt, you're the guest. I will briefly let you 
weigh in on the top steel coasters of any num anywhere you want to talk about really quick, um, or the top three if you want to, you know, re-rank them or whatever you'd like to do. Because you've been on all three of the top three. Right. Um, I, I can understand why you said uh, Mako should not be lower than Diamondback, because... I like I said I've only been to Disney. You know this. I've only been to Disney down in Florida. I haven't been to any of the other Florida parks. But from what I've heard online, I've heard Mako is the best out of the hypercoasters. So yeah. I can un I can understand why, or best of the B and M hypercoasters. I should there say. There you go. Um, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, I can understand why you say it should not be lower than Diamondback. In my opinion, well, granted, I haven't rode, I've only rode, let's see, three, yeah, three of the rides in the top ten. And they're number one, two, and three, right? Uh, yeah, one, two, and three, those are the only three that I've rode. Um, well, you're not doing bad, then. <laughs> I, I, now, I rode I-305, I rode Phantom's Revenge, and I've rode Maverick as well. As much as... I don't want to say troubled history that Phantom's Revenge had um, when it first opened before it was Phantom's Revenge. I am honestly surprised that it's at number 12. Um, we're going to get to that. But, go but, ahead. Th but then again, I have not rode like Superman the Ride. I have not been over to Germany like my other friends have. Right. Twist I have not rode like Twisted Colossus, the RMCs. I have not rode the first B&M Hyper. I have not rode the first B&M Giga. So and I have not rode what is it, Nitro the first B and M hype or no the second no, third second or third third I think I it was have, that have, that Chicago it was Apollo's Chicago and then that one yeah well I I like I said I've only rode the first three I'm just surprised to see like Phantom's Revenge lower than it is because um, I mean I mean I could you I think could, it would be higher you thought Phantom's would just be higher. just just on my personal preference yes okay. All right. But I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm honestly surprised. I mean, Banshee's what thirty three. I'm, I'm looking at him right now. And do you see anything from Kentucky Kingdom? Mm -mm. That surprises me right there. Yeah, I, I would. Say I, I would. They I deserve mean, an honorable mention at least down there somewhere. Right. And I, and I mean, I, I won't. I wouldn't say put Storm Chaser on there because I mean. There's a lot of arms. There's a lot of RMCs on there. Lightning Run. Lightning Run deserves a mention for sure. Right, because I mean that's the only one of its kind. It is an ejector airtimes glory goodness. I'm glad to see Montu above Banshee. I will say that. Well, I mean Montu is probably what the better invert from everyone that says it. It's my favorite. There are some people that like Banshee the best, and I don't. Well, understand. I mean, I I I've never rode Montu. I've only rode. Afterburn, Raptor, and Banshee. I still think After Afterburn is probably the best one out of the three that I rode. I still don't know where to put um, Raptor or Banshee. I don't even see Afterburn on the list. Nope, I it's don't. not on there. All I see is Alpengeist, Montu, and Banshee. Is Rap Raptor's not even on there, is it? Nope, Raptor's no. not on there either. Wow. Huh. All right. Well, okay. On, so to, on to you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're going to wrap up with a couple little points here. First, my conspiracy theory. 
because everybody's got one, right? Some people think that. Oh no, that's okay. There's <laughs> we won't do oh. any conspiracy theories. <laughs> um, that's kind of interesting to hear it. What the other ones? The the everyone has, and then you stop. But oh, conti- continue. I I don't think I'll I go with the general. Now. How about I'll go with the general conspiracy theory. I'll say you know there's many people that think we never went to the moon. How about that one? Okay, that's conspiracy theory. That's an example for those who don't okay. know what a conspiracy theory is. It's kind of an outlandish theory that things have mine however i feel has logic so i talked about earlier for those who've been listening all the way through thank you so much for listening um i talked about earlier about the voting public and how it is spread out so here's the thing for all of these years especially in the early 2000s we had to listen to or fans from other parks that you know always wanted to be better than cedar point had to listen to hear and hear how cedar point had the best coasters and the best stuff all the time, blah, blah, blah. Kenny Woods fan base actually literally watched Cedar Point steal award after award from them in the 2000s after Millennium came out and people started going and really rediscovering Cedar Point. Um, you know, you had Six Flags Magic Mountain building kitty coasters trying to keep up with the number of coasters that Cedar Point had. And that's literally what Magic Mountain was doing at one point. They were building kitty coasters just to say they had more coasters than Cedar Point. That's why there's like four kid. There was at one point four kitty coasters at Six Flags Magic Mountain. Oh my gosh! And that's literally why they were doing it. It's the same reason that Six Flags Great Adventure got King Ka and it happened to go a little faster and a little taller than Top Thrill Dragster, but then it fell apart faster because ultimately it's Six Flags. That's why you got this fanboy that works for USA Today. You know, always talking about how great Superman the Ride at New England is, but never mentioning anything at Cedar Point. And saying that stuff he finds, he made a listicle that says Cedar Point is overrated. And then someone asked him, when was the last time you went to Cedar Point? And he said 2006. Yeah. So you can't say something's overrated if you haven't been there in 10 years, Arthur. Anyway, uh, so here's my point. And this even goes for Cedar Fair fans uh, that vote in these awards. People got tired uh, a few years back, of seeing Cedar Point win everything. Fury came along and became the saving grace of that. Many people around the country agree that Steel Vengeance is better than Millennium Force, for sure. Yes. Many people even say that they like Steel Vengeance better than Fury. I'm one of them, uh, obviously. So here's the thing. If Steel Vengeance had gotten... So the way Golden Ticket Awards do this, very briefly, they award points to how you rank the coasters. So if you know you rank something number one, it gets ten points in the voting. If you rank it number two, it gets nine, and so on and so forth, all the way down. Then they total up all the points of the votes for each coaster and see how many points the coasters got, and that's how we get where we are with this list. So, my theory here is that the whole country made voted for they voted for steel vengeance but they didn't vote for it as number 2 or number 1 they voted for it as numbers 5 6 7 basically give it some points but make sure it doesn't get number 1 over fury because we don't want cedar point to win an award okay are you following along with this one yes okay because and the reason that i say that this theory could is logical in my in my opinion the reason that is logical is if they had voted at number two and number three 
it should be above Millennium Force at the very least. So what they did was they knew what they were doing and they purposefully downvoted it to make sure that Cedar Point, it wasn't about Steel Vengeance losing, it was about Cedar Point losing. So that's basically how I feel about that. Now I know there's a lot of classicists and a lot of people that don't like Steel Vengeance. They find it too jerky, they find it too shaky, and I say, well, you've clearly never been on an RMC and don't know what I feel a coaster should be. Full of speed, force, and inversions all at once. So that's where we land with that. Now, and that's 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 my only opinion. That's That's all I've got. I mean... It's nothing, I guess, too outlandish, but that's just my logic behind why Steel Vengeance doesn't get the nod that it does. It should. Um, because I feel like it's the best coaster out there. It's got height, speed, inversions, length. It's fairly smooth, except for the jerky parts. I mean, but it's a great ride. So, with that being said, would you like to hear my top 10 steel? Only if I can go through with my top ten once you've concluded. Ooh. You have a top ten? Sure. Alright. So I try, I try to keep track of it all. Oh good. I keep it on I keep it on a saved file and every time I ride new coasters I think I look at the list and I say, Does anything belong here? I also I mean I usually I used to keep like a top fifteen so I knew what was jockeying down below for easier comparison, especially like if something's gonna slip into number ten. So, my newly adjusted top 10 coasters for 2019 is number 10, Space Mountain Disneyland. That's right. Uh, number 9 is Time Traveler at Silver Dollar City. Number 8 is Powder Keg at Silver Dollar City. Number 7 is Fahrenheit at Hershey Park. Number 6 is Stormrunner at Hershey Park. Number five is Magnum XL 200, obviously at Cedar Point. Number four is Mako at SeaWorld Orlando. Number three is my first ever steel coaster, Dominator, at King's Dominion. And no, it was not my first steel coaster at King's Dominion. Uh, number Rip. two... What? Rip. Rip Geauga Lake. Yeah, for sure. Number two is the original Giga Coaster itself, Millennium Force. Bliss. Yeah. And number one, we've said it so many times, Steel Vengeance. So that is my top ten. And I know people will be like, oh my gosh, how could he put Space Mountain in there? It's just a great ride. Hagrid's may slip in there if I if I get to ride it next week. Um, it might. I don't think Slinky Dog will, though. Sorry. <laughs> so, all right. Go forth with your top ten so we can wrap this thing up. All right. There might be some controversy with this. Well, only, only, oh, only because I've only wrote, I only, my credit count is only 127. So, okay. I, so I'm not... I'm not one of those people that have like oh, 300, 400 for some people that get to go overseas. Like I have 600. I'm like, I only have yeah, 127. I'm jealous, I'm jealous of the 600 people, but um, I have 400 some. So sorry. You got more. You got more than double of me. So right. So, but that's a good. That's a good full disclosure that Matt has not been to many parks. So if he leaves one of your coasters out that you're 
for a listener. That's why he's leaving it out. You know, he's doing the correct thing with his ranking. Um, I hate people that rank coasters and they've never been on them. And I'm like, you can't rank it until you ride it, buddy. Sorry. So, and go on ahead. A, on, a, on a side note, it's out of order, but I believe I've been to 22 different parks. So, okay, I'll keep that there. Number, I'll start from the bottom. Number 10, Magnum, Cedar Point. 11 is a Dominator. Wait, 11? You mean 9? Oh, yes. It's out of order. I'm sorry. 10, 9, okay. 8, Banshee, Kings Island. Uh, 7, Lightning Run at Kentucky Kingdom. 6 is Afterburn. Uh, 5, Storm Chaser. 4 is Phantom's Revenge. I take that back. There is 11 on here. Uh, Nonetheless, uh, we'll we'll say tied for fourth, Intimidator 305. Um, Number three, Maverick. Number two, as much as it pains me because I love the ride, Fury 325. I I, I love the ride. Uh, it's other other than, I mean, I don't, I'm not, as you can tell, Millennium Force isn't even on here. I find it, I find Fury the best out of the three gigas that I've rode. And number one, Deal Vengeance. Uh, which, that's a... which, in all honesty, if you get to ride Steel Vengeance, then you're more than likely going to say that's my number one coaster, even by looking at it. Yep. Some, now, I've, there's a lot of other people that have different opinions but i'm ju- i'm just saying like as soon as i got off as soon as we hit the brake run on the frontier hoedown i looked at my buddy brain and i went holy crap that's my number one yeah i mean i was giggly i was so giggly on the bunny hills for like the first five rides i did in a row and it was like oh my gosh this is just this is just too fun like like it, it brought back like all this joy that like you don't know you have until about riding coasters until you ride it. So yeah, it it, it it brings out the joy from like you go to like a new park and you're just enjoying it. Mm-hmm. You're not you're not just rushing. And I've I've had people that do this with me. I've gone to parks with them. They and you stay in a group and you rush around to everything and you don't get to do what you want to do you don't get to enjoy the park that was one of the things that i like when i went to disney granted it was a school trip it was right two days after i graduated but everyone went around in groups i went around by myself i rode all of the i rode all the coasters i walked around as much as i wanted to granted i wish i was playing pokemon go when that came out because i would have had <laughs> a million things done but I got to do what I wanted to do. I didn't have to fight with anybody. That's and that's why, like you've seen it, like I like to go around to the parks and do my own thing. I don't. I like to enjoy the park and not do and not have to like argue with someone about, hey, let's go ride this. No, I want to ride this, and then that gets into a way. Or and I like to enjoy the park the way that I want to enjoy the park. Granted, I mean, if I'm just going to take pictures. Heck, I like doing that. I find right. I, I find more enjoyment out of waiting twenty five minutes for a ride that I've already rode. I I like 
I mean, I'm great. If I'm in an amusement park, I'm fine with anything. But I like experiencing stuff without being rushed around. Yeah. That's fair. That's a completely fair point. It's a good point. And Oof. I think we're going to... Um, yeah, people don't stop to... Uh, stop to take time and enjoy the park and the details that people have worked on and stuff, especially in certain instances and all of that. So, um, we'll before, have to... Before we wrap this up, I want to ask you one question. Yeah. With Dollywood winning, and this goes back to the Golden Tickets, with Dollywood winning the Best Christmas Time, and with Kings Island winning the... Um, trying to think of it what was it the renaissance Renaissance award and you said the renaissance award was new this year no it is a it's it's a rolling award so that's a publisher pick that's nothing we get to vote on now i i want your honest opinion of this and i don't think i don't think it i don't think it did when it came back do you think winterfest at king's island now granted i don't know if it won it back in 2018 last year or whenever it came when it came back did it would you think that winterfest would have won maybe the renaissance award uh because like like the antique cars guests and people coming into the park and leaving the park coming to the park were asking for it back and they got it back they got the antique cars back do you think that winterfest could have won it well, it, it definitely could have been a factor when they decided on who was going to win because they've been pulling so much, uh, so much from their past back into the present. Um, I think that Antique Cars is honestly what put them over the top. Winterfest probably put them on the radar. And then this year when they did, like I said, I think this season where they did the Glockenspiel, International Street, and Antique Cars, that was like, Kings Island saying, hey, this next season, we're going to go, obviously, now we know, this next, next, the following year, we're going to go giga, we're going to give everybody what they want in the big new ride, but first, we need to figure out what we're supposed to look like. And I think we've been, honestly, you could even argue, too, that Coney Mall's resurgence with Coney Barbecue, and that, you know, they've been redoing a lot of the pavers over there, over the past several seasons, I, I think you could say that Coney Mall even uh, caused some of that renaissance consideration as well. And that's just the publisher pick saying, you know, you know, that's that's Gary's choice to say he thinks they're doing the best at moving forward while still hearkening to the past. So I, I can also I can also say one thing about the general improvements around the park too. They're also gearing up for something happening soon as well. Just like Cedar Point is They've yeah, got, an anniversary they've, year. They've got the 50th anniversary, so that might be another thing why they're sprucing everything up. But yeah, uh, that, that's that's just mine and a couple other people's opinions. But they're they're doing they're doing it more than Cedar Point's been doing the past few years. <laughs> just saying. All right, well, we're gonna wrap this up because it's been a bit. Uh, for those of you still listening, thank you again for listening. Really appreciate it. Uh, Matt, why don't you go ahead and tell us your socials, and we'll get out of here. Um, Matt Killing Media, for short, if you're looking under, and don't put Matt Killing Media, it's MK Media on a lot of the social medias. So, Okay, sounds good. Twitter, 
YouTube, obviously. Uh, Instagram. Instagram. Facebook? Facebook. Well, yes, Facebook. Oh, I was just asking. I didn't know. I know. Um, all right. And my name is Jim from WildGravityTravels.com. And thank you for listening to the Wild Gravity Travel Cast. You know where to find us on all the socials. If not, click on to, over to WildGravityTravels.com. We got all of our social links right there as well as all of the coverage from all of the announcements, which are pretty much completely done now. So that'll wrap us up on this episode. Thanks for listening again. Thanks for riding with us for the past hour plus on this one. And we will talk to you again soon. <laughs>